0: If you're looking for Pokemon-style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs. A financial advisor here in Canada uh, at the Cave Collectibles, or was once a financial advisor until he opened up his own store. But I wonder how things are on the other side of the ocean, or more in specifically in Dubai. So today I'm joined with Anthony. He's a financial expert on his side of the world. It'd be interesting to see exactly how Canada differs from overseas. As well as just getting a wider range of information and you know, the do's and don'ts. We all wanna spend that credit card on the latest Pokemon set. But is that really financially respectable or wise? But enough of me. I'm gonna turn it over to my host or my my guest. <laughs> I mean I we were just talking about that before the podcast started. That year. the new co-host somehow, or the new host. Well, I guess now he's just taken over. But uh, with that being said, Uh, welcome.
1: uh, Thanks for having me. I'm I'm not trying to take over at all. I'm I'm just here (laughs) for, uh, as a guest, I I, I don't want to take your job, you know. Um, So hi, everyone. My name is Anthony. I am the creator of pokefinance.com, and I am a qualified financial advisor who specializes in providing financial advice using pokemon analogies and the reason why i do this is to give people an alternative to wall street because today if you go to any bank or investment firm they'll happily sell you an investment product but they will also charge you a very big and fat commission and also high fees in the process which are completely unnecessary you don't need to pay these fees to invest and Over a lifetime, these fees will accumulate to hundreds of thousands of dollars in missed income. Today, with index funds and ETFs, you can invest without any fees. Investing is cheap, but not on Wall Street. And the reason they're able to charge you these exorbitant fees is because when you go to Wall Street, when you go to a bank, you'll be sitting across a fancy banker in a fancy suit who will throw complex jargon at you like tax loss harvesting or equity risk premium which for the average person is too complicated nobody understands this stuff nobody knows this stuff and so most people end up leaving the meeting feeling more confused than when they came in and Wall Street does this on purpose Wall Street wants you to be confused they want you to believe this is too complicated for you because the more confused you are the more likely you are to entrust your money to them. And that's when they make profits. There's a lot of financial sharks out there looking for an easy commission. And I'm trying to protect the Pokemon fans. So I'm a Pokemon fan myself. I like Pokemon fans. I identify with them. They're just like me. They're, they're my people. And I don't want to see them getting ripped off. So I created pokefinals.com to demystify the world of investing and to show people that investing is not that difficult. In fact, it's a simple as playing Pokemon. And I hope to be able to demonstrate this in this episode.
0: So with that going uh, forward, <clears throat> would you say it would be financially responsible to invest in Pokemon? Or do you think that you should have that as like a side investment, but maybe pick more sustainable or more uh, stable finances?
1: Well, it depends which uh, Pokemon are you talking about. If you're talking about Pokemon cards or the Nintendo stock in Japan.
0: Right. So would it be better, I guess, to invest in the stock side of it rather than the physical merchandise?
1: Well, here's the thing about the Nintendo stock is that it it will include Pokemon um, and all future games that come with it. So as long as Nintendo is still producing games and turning a profit, if you buy the stock chances are that over the long term you'll be rewarded somehow. I don't know how much money you'll make, but chances are you probably will make money. Whereas if you were to buy a Pokemon card, sure that Charizard may be worth a lot of money, but that's only because today the people who want to buy the Charizard cards are 35-year-old millennials who have a lot of money to spend and they want to spend it on Pokemon cards. But what happens in 30 years when these 65-year-old millennials no longer want to spend on Pokemon cards. All of a sudden, the value of your charge-out will drop, and if you're trying to sell it, you might not be able to sell it off to another 65-year-old fan just like yourself. Whereas, if you hold the Nintendo stock, I'm sure that by now they'll be on Generation 17 or whatever. <laughs> and they'll, <laughs> they'll, have, uh, they'll have other streams of income, and maybe a different version of the console, and they'll continue to make money. So you can hope that the Nintendo stock will continue to make money for you, but the Pokemon cards, I'm not sure. Um, and so this is the, the concept in, uh, in investing that we call that you have to invest in something that brings you money. Warren Buffett likes to say that he doesn't like to invest in gold because you might as well just buy a piece of gold, bury it in your backyard, and then wait. It doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't bring you any money. Whereas if you buy stocks, it brings you profits. It brings you dividend. If you buy real estate, you've got tenants in there paying you real rent. If you buy a Pokemon card, if you buy an NFT, if you buy gold, it doesn't really do anything for you. You just have to hope that the next person is going to be willing to pay more than what you paid for it. Now, does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, now, actually, you mentioned NFTs. So, NFTs have, in my personal opinion, I, I don't know a whole lot about them. I know Cam um, from the Cave Collectible store has tried to explain it to me until he was blue in the face, and you might as well be staring at me with Albert Einstein in front of me explaining quantum theory, because quite honestly, it literally goes in one ear, gets slammed around my head, and then slammed out the other side, and it's like, one plus one is two, ha ha, you know, kind of thing. I, I don't know anything about this kind of stuff, but I have purchased a few NFTs, um, not from like i guess the quote unquote third party market or the the um, the lower market, but from like the cave collectibles so i you know I know it's a trusted person who I'm buying it from, but in your opinion like are n f t s something that are good investments or are they you know will they act like stocks or you know what we're hearing from i believe it was in the news were like jimmy fallon and all these other celebrities are being sued because of this nft company that
1: went
0: mm. bust right um i think they were a selling market that completely went bust and lost i think millions or even billions of dollars or something like that um you know is this something that is feasible or should people kind of steer away from nfts and stick with just plain stocks
1: yeah, so let me give you an analogy you, you may understand. So if you buy NFTs or if you buy cryptocurrency, the the thing that these have in common is that they are experimental, which means they could work out great, but they could also crash hard. And so right. when you're looking at something as important as your financial freedom, as your, the mortgage on your house where you live, as your retirement, the ability to retire one day, to not have to work anymore, when you're looking at something as important as that, you have to compare it to say, okay, well, imagine if one day you're skiing or you're hiking. Is it really worth it to take the experimental shortcut? Mm. Because the risk of being wrong is huge, right? Right, And yeah. so the idea is you probably don't want to do that, right? It's like in the Pokemon game, let's say you know, you've been through the entire game, you are on the last member of the Elite Four and you are about to wipe out that Dragonite. And you've got a Pikachu or whatever, and you've got two options. Either you can issue out a um, the move Thunder, which has 110 attack and 70% accuracy. Or you can use the move Thunderbolt, which has less attack, but is 100% accurate. Which one do you choose? Do you go for the experimental shortcut and lose all of your progress in the Elite Four? Or do you go with the tried and tested method and just say, okay, you know what, Thunderbolt's going to be enough, and I don't need to do much more.
0: That's that's an interesting take, because um, like uh, actually, in my experience, like with the way that I look at, especially like you said, the elite four, it, it's interesting. I usually try to aim for stronger moves, but yeah, they they take away, you know, they they have less accuracy, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a risk, right? Um, and I guess that's the same way as if you're buying an NFT or a stock or Bitcoin or whatever. You know, sure, yeah, it, it you your investment or your, your return at that given time could be exponential, mm-hmm. but at the same time it's a risk, right? Um just like anything else. So it it or the, the potential for return could be say you could return three times as much, but mm-hmm. there's a a 50% accuracy, right, to that quote-unquote move. So mm-hmm. you could do that move, and it could hit, and you could gain three times what you, you put in, but at the same time, it, you could shoot your shot and miss, and now you're out.
1: Yeah, so there is a big difference between what you do in Pokemon and what you do in real life. So in Pokemon, if you are the Elite Four and you're going to try some weird strategy and use Thunder or Hyper Beam or whatever else is risky... You can always save your game before, and if it doesn't work, you just turn off the console and try again, and you load up your save file and you can try again. But you can't do that in real life. If you put all your money in crypto NFTs and it fails, you're out, there are no save files. You can't go back, you're done. And is that really something you wanna do with your finances and and something as important as your retirement? I don't think so.
0: Right. Now, I mean, I'm I'm bad for this. (laughs) (laughs) um but you know i over the course of i'll watch i'm going to get a stupid blue banner for this because i'm going to mention it over the course of the pandemic um and the the blue banner that i reference to is every time you mention uh let's just say the c word or lockdowns or pandemic uh i don't know about every other podcast platform but spotify likes to give you a nice big blue banner over top of your your podcast that says oh if you want to look into more 19 stuff you can click this banner and the government of canada will shove things down your throat Mm so (laughs) um so at the beginning of the pandemic um I, i work in automotive as my my main uh source of income uh i make windshields for a living so i was laid off for about three months because mostly we serviced the u.s market well long and behold there everybody in u.s and mostly canada panicked at the start of the pandemic and just decided to stop dead turkey with buying cars because they didn't know how long they were going to be out for so i took this opportunity to um renovate so to speak i renovated my my collection room and i eventually built the recording studio that i'm sitting in today um now yeah i'm bad for it i used credit cards to do a lot of the reno um you know i i think the recordings or the recording studio alone was uh thankfully it was only about a thousand dollars it wasn't too bad but the 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 collection room was, when it was all said and done, was about $6,000. And, of course, I I used a little bit of my income, but I used mostly credit cards or a line of credit. Um, And the same thing goes with when buying large purchases. So, like, uh, if I buy a collection, someone's collection off of eBay, I'll use a credit card. Now, I'm assuming you're going to say that's obviously the, the dumbest thing humanly possible to do. And that, you know, you shouldn't spend over your means. But, um, I mean, coming from a, a financial expert like yourself, what's what's your two cents on that?
1: <laughs> yeah, so let me, let me put it this way. Um, imagine you're on the Pokemon game. And, I don't know, you're on Gym 5. And the next gym is, for some reason, on an island. And you need to get a water Pokemon for it. Okay. And you don't have a water Pokemon. Right. And you've got, I don't know, a thousand Poké dollars left or whatever they're called. What do you spend this money on? Do you spend it on a few Pokeballs so that maybe you can catch a water Pokémon and actually progress with the game or be stuck forever? Or do you spend it on Poké dolls and potions and revives that you will not need at this very moment? So okay. the question is what is the top priority at this moment?
2: Mm.
1: So, of course, you know. It's not ideal to use credit card, especially if they charge you interest. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, needs must, right? And so if you know that you're going to have more money coming in in the future and you have an emergency fund where you know that no matter what happens, you have at least six months of expenses saved up, then absolutely, if that's your top priority at the moment and you'll be very happy with doing that, why not? But the important thing is that this should be reflected in your financial plan. So that should be One of your main goals, and spending that money should not should not put put you off track to reaching your other goals. So, for example, if your other goal is to retire in five years, will using that credit card today change that goal? Will you have to retire in ten years? And then you're going to have to ask yourself, well, is it worth it to work an extra few years just so I can spend more now? And that's a personal choice, and you're going to have to dig deep inside you to find out what's the right trade-off that you want
0: to make. Right, yeah, actually. So is there ever really a time where it would be acceptable, I- I- in a sense, to use a line of credit or a credit card to purchase something, you know, in the means of Pokemon or, um, say, you know, a, a first edition base set booster box? Like, you know, I mean, if you have a line of credit that can cover the cost of a first uh, first edition base set booster box. I, I don't even think you need it to use your line of credit I think you have enough financial means to buy one out right, but it does it ever outweigh the interest in your opinion or Or should you just kind of stick to you know, I have ten dollars in my pocket I can buy a, a booster pack at the at the local Walmart or whatever
1: so if you're using a credit line or a credit card to buy anything, even if it's Pokemon, even if it's super cool, what you're doing is you're borrowing from yourself. You're borrowing from the future to be able to afford the present. And so as long as you're doing that, you're always sort of running on the treadmill. The moment you stop, you're going to fall. Yeah. And so I'm someone who's quite paranoid, so I do the opposite. Instead of borrowing from my future, I invest in my future. So I always spend less than I earn. And I put that money towards the future so that future Anthony does not have to work until the age of 67. I hope that by my mid-40s, future Anthony will be a millionaire and can buy as many Pokemon cards as he wants, right? Right. So the the idea that you're going to have to ask yourself is there's only a finite amount of money you can earn in your life. And if these Pokemon cards are going to cost you I don't know, $10 for a booster card, booster pack plus interest, then that means that over the course of your life, you'll be able to afford less Pokemon cards because you had to pay interest in the middle. Whereas if you don't buy Pokemon cards today and you invest that money for 10 years, then 10 years from now, you'll have double the amount of money. So you're able to buy twice as many cards. Mm. So the question is, do you want to have less cards today or double the amount of cards in 10 years. And again, that's a personal choice.
0: Right, yeah. A lot of people, I mean, you hear the the phrase FOMO, you know, Mm -hmm. fear of missing out. Um, And that runs rampant. I mean, if you look through Instagram, you'll see it constantly. Mm -hmm. The the brand new set hasn't even touched the, the shelf yet. And people are just mass buying and mass producing content for it and this and that. Can they all afford that? Well, you know maybe but maybe not mm-hmm. you know I many of them are using lines of credit credit cards um, payday loans you know I've I've seen someone actually say hey you know what I really actually I had somebody on on eBay once say you know they they purchased or they were watching an item and they said listen I really want this item you know it was like a $800 item uh, I really want it uh, I'm just gonna keep watching it so to speak um, but I plan on actually Doubling and 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 buying it tomorrow. I just need to get my loan taken care of. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they said that I said, "Well, whoa, whoa, hold on, your your loan." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, borrowing a little bit of money because I want to, I want to get this." And I said, "Well, actually, you know, yeah, I, I, t- I talked myself out of an eight hundred dollar uh, sale, but it's like, you know what, I try I to you, you realize." That things like these payday loans, sure, you're going to get your eight hundred dollars, but look at what you're paying back next week, mm-hmm. or two weeks from now, or a month from now. You know, yeah. you're, it's almost in some cases it's almost double. You know, yeah, the, the term. So you know, this eight hundred dollar yeah. investment is now a sixteen hundred dollar investment, but you're yeah. only making eight hundred bucks off of it if you turn around and absolutely. sell.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, you didn't do the you didn't you didn't do the wrong thing because now your client will have more money and hopefully he's going to be able to come back in next year or whatever and buy double the amount of cards because now he has more money because he didn't have to pay interest.
0: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, either that or he just went to someone else and bought it, but you know, okay. <laughs> you know I, hope not. I, I mean, I, I, I tried to, I, I tried to do my piece and, and help someone out. And I mean, I, it's like the kettle calling the pot black. I mean, I, I am no one to give financial advice to because I suck with finances on a daily basis. Sometimes. Um, you know, I, I have cut back a little bit, mostly this month. Uh, for instance, like I was just at the cave collectibles, um, Mm -hmm. recording podcast there last week in any normal circumstances, I would be running through that store. Like a kid on, on candy and 10 grams of sugar, just going, Ooh, I want this. I want that. I want that. I want this. I'll just, i'll make a pile and we'll we'll figure it out at the end of the night how much i owe you Mm -hmm. and actually last week i was very conservative which is not like me my my wife was expecting me to come home that night with like six or seven bags and i came home with one um, and the majority of them was actually christmas gifts for our kids so mm -hmm. it wasn't even stuff for me um i think i actually bought i think one item two two items for myself
2: For Memorial Day, get 15% off your borough purchase at borough.com slash acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at
0: borough.com slash acast. Yeah. Is that going to be a good investment? I I don't know, but you know yeah. it has Pokemon on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let, let, let me let me put something in your mind which hopefully might might be able to help you there and, and help your listeners too. Um We've all heard the phrase, time is money, but money is also time. So if you want to figure out how much you earn per hour, is you take your annual salary and you divide it by 2,000. Okay. And then when you do that, you realize, okay, well, I'm actually only worth $15 an hour. And you're like, actually, well, are you really worth fifteen dollars an hour? Because don't forget, you have to pay health insurance and social security contributions and taxes and rent and food. So after all of these necessary expenses, how much money do you have left? And how much money do you have left for each hour that you've worked? And that's when you realize that after you account for that, it's like, oh, holy, holy cow! I only have about, I only make about five dollars. I'm only able to save five dollars out of every hour that I work. Mm. And so the question is, when you want to buy yourself a booster pack and it's $10 and you're like, okay, well, that's two hours of my time. Do okay. I want to work two extra hours in my life to be able to afford one booster pack? Or do I prefer to work two hours less tomorrow or in mm. the future?
0: Right. Yeah, that, uh, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm... I'm constantly looking at that in the same expense or same expenses, um, things around the house, for instance. Like we have, I was just talking to my wife this morning about this. Um, we have all hardwired um, smoke and CO2 detectors in our house. Now, the difference is if I were to, if I if it was my own money when we built this house, um, I would have went battery powered uh, because they're significantly cheaper. However, we have a Habitat for Humanity house, um, which essentially, we own this house, we pay a mortgage, uh, but we do not pay interest on that mortgage. It is just flat principle. So essentially, Habitat for Humanity has essentially paid the house off to whatever their en- their lenders are. And... You know, they probably got one heck of a ridiculous good deal in the interest because they paid it off all at full. Um, and then we essentially just pay Habitat for the principal. Uh, so every month, you know, our payment is our mortgage and our property tax combined. And then they take that, those two or that one amount, split it up and one goes one, one goes the other. So when they built these houses, they installed these really high tech uh, wired uh, systems that have backup batteries. And I don't know if it's one of them or two of them or frick all of them up on the main floor, but they went crazy with how many they installed. They have one at the base of the stairs, they have one in the hallway and one in each bedroom. And now mind you, the one bedroom is it's decent size, but it's small for our standard and it's our son's bedroom. So each of these smoke detectors cost on average, about $170 Canadian each. And I did the math, and in order to replace each and every one of them would be roughly $1,500 plus tax. And that's that's for upstairs, the one that's on the main floor, and then the one here that's in the basement. Mm -hmm. And I told the wife, I said, I don't know which one upstairs is faulty, but what do I do? I said, you know, what's the better... Financial thing. Do I turn around and install what is that uh, five? Do I go out to Home Depot and and spend one hundred and seventy dollars times five to replace all of them, or do I just turn around and install battery operated ones at twenty dollars a piece instead of one hundred and seventy dollars a piece? Until I realized that if I do that, it's technically illegal with the fire code, (laughs) so I'm stuck with that. But then I turned to the wife and said, "Well." You know, fifteen hundred dollars, it replaces all of them, but maybe I can see if there's a warranty on it because there's supposed to be a 10-year warranty on it. So maybe maybe we can get something done because it's only five or six years old. But I said, you know, do I just go out on the chance and stick it all on the credit card? Because you know, at the time we don't we didn't have fifteen hundred dollars sitting in our pocket. We had we have money, but that fifteen hundred dollars can go towards our mortgage, it could go towards our groceries every mm-hmm. month. Um, but like, you know, and so that's a different thing. It's, it's not necessarily, we're not spending $1,500 on Pokemon. It's spending it on the house, but that's the thing. Is it, would that be a decent investment? Like, you know, should, should we actually stick that on a credit card and pay that interest? Or, you know, I mean, or would it be better just to buy one at a time kind of thing over the course of say a month or two? I mean.
1: So I would say, I mean, it's a very a unique situation, but I would say, of course, try to see if you can make the warranty, and also yeah. make sure that that you are compliant with the building code, because you know most of these regulations are there for a reason, right? You don't want to have any fires or or accidents in your house because you cheaped out on one hundred and seventy dollars when you have thousands of dollars of Pokemon stuff in your house, right?
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so so there's that. Uh, and the second point is that this isn't really an investment; it's more of an insurance plan. And an insurance plan is sort of like an escape rope, right? Is that when you buy it, you're like, I have to buy this escape rope for 550 pocket dollars or whatever." I would much rather spend it on a repel or repel, repel. I don't know what they're called. Oh, uh,
0: uh, repel. Yeah,
1: repels. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, because then it's it's you know you avoid the Zubats and all the, the the annoying Pokemon. But then if you're you know, stuck in dark cave or whatever, mm-hmm. and you really need the escape rope, you'll be really happy that you have it. Okay, yeah. And that's going to be much better than having an extra potion here and there. So that's also what you have to consider is that you never want to be caught on the wrong foot should something happen. Because one of the pillars of being financially independent and financially free is to be able to manage all of your expenses. So if you don't replace all of these elements and you get a massive fine it's probably going to be more expensive than just replacing the damn thing
0: true yeah oh that's that's actually thank you for that advice i mean i know it's not necessarily it wasn't necessarily pokemon related but i mean it it did actually work out in the sense of a pokemon relation so mm-hmm. <laughs> um i mean yeah thank you so much for that um you know and, and that i guess that's the thing so you know sometimes yes it's good to use credits or credit, sometimes not so much. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think you would agree that it's probably better to spe- to use a credit on a safety feature for your house mm-hmm. rather than the latest booster pack of Pokemon.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Don't neglect the health.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because you know, let's be honest. If if there was a CO two leak or a fire, you know, one. Well, if it was a CO two leak that Pokemon collection is just going to be in the basement and no one's going to enjoy it. If there was a fire, well, then chances are that Pokemon collection is going to become toasted uh, Charizards.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So.
1: <laughs> so it's a Pokemon investment.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything circles back to Pokemon. Um, yeah. Which is hon- honestly, um, speaking of actually investments and in, with Pokemon there, um, we ended up... So every year we have to redo things with... Um, What the heck is it called? MCAP? Well, there's two. There's MPAC and MCAP. They essentially assess the the value of your home and all this stuff. And I had this one lady. She did a tour of our house. You know, everything went fine (laughs) until she went downstairs to the basement and realized, okay, uh, oh, you know, it says here on the paperwork last year you didn't have a finished basement. And I said, "Yeah." I said, uh, "You know, three quarters of it is finished." I said the the workshop isn't finished quite yet. I said, "You know, there's drywall, but it's not taped or mudded, so technically it's considered not not finished. Plus, you can still see the ceiling rafters." But but then she turns the corner and walks into my Pokemon room, and I swear to God, her jaw dropped, and she goes, "Oh!" And so she's looking through her papers. She goes, "What the heck are these?" I said, "Oh, it's the." my my pokemon collection she goes, yeah that's that's a hell of a collection she goes, i, I don't see it on here at all i said well it's, it's not what the home like it's not part of the home it's i said this room technically my pokemon collection is in a third bathroom essentially mm-hmm. um i have i had my my friend who's a contractor build a shelving unit over top of all the exit pipes That you would need for your bathroom so you know um if you go through my instagram you'll see pictures of my pokemon room and there's this great big gray box essentially that's attached to the wall well underneath that wall is the exit pipe for a toilet a sink and a shower you know theoretically it's like 10 screws and boom there's your bathroom again Mm -hmm. the only thing that's different is i would have to rip out drywall in order to put in entry points for water and and stuff like that so and well and a little bit of hydro but uh she goes oh she goes well she goes according to your floor plan she goes this is a bathroom i said oh it it is a bathroom she goes well no she goes where's the toilet i said well technically i said if you cut this little square out here i said you can install a toilet right there (laughs) and she goes oh she goes well this is unique she she used the word unique, which probably means, "uh Oh, <laughs> she goes, I'm, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. So the next day I get a joint phone call. It was the first time I ever, I got a conference call. And because it, it was two numbers that popped up at the same time. And so I clicked accept and she goes, she goes, Hey, she goes, I'm on the phone with your insurance company. I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Well, what's up? And, She goes, "Um, is that room insured? I said, well, I don't know. Probably not. Well, I said, the whole house is insured. And uh, they said, well, you got to go through it with a tooth and comb and uh, find out exactly what everything is worth and give me the price, she goes, to include it into your insurance. And I laughed and I said, well, there's the problem. I said, just like any kind of investment, it goes up and down constantly. Mm-hmm. I said, for instance, I said, I'm holding a Pokemon card in my hand right now while I'm talking to you. I said, that card online is $1. Tomorrow, it could be worth $2 or it could be worth 50 cents. I said, so I said, sure, I can give you a breakdown of everything I have in there. But tomorrow, it could be different. It could be higher, it mm-hmm. could be lower. And I, I think we worked on a plan where it was like, okay, give me a ballpark, a plus or minus and every month or every, uh, no, every, every calendar year, we'll relook at it. So, I mean, I, I'm insured, but at the same time, like I'm insured for X amount of dollars. Let's mm-hmm. say my entire room goes up in, in massive value between now and next September. I could lose a lot of money if this house burned down. Yeah. Same time, I could gain a lot of money if this house burned down. So, I mean, it's kind of a weird investment.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: which is mandated by law you have to have house insurance it's part of owning a house Uh, just like when you rent you should have content insurance because yes you don't own the house but you own everything inside of that apartment you know if if the if if your apartment burns down the, the the landlord has insurance on the property but they don't give a crap about your contents so yeah you know i I did the same thing. I had a small collection I mean it was middle scale compared to what I have now when I lived in an apartment and I still had to have content insurance on that because heaven forbid um but um we're gonna slowly wrap this up now because we're we're hitting time um any last remarks that you wanna give as far as uh any kind of quick financial advice there? Uh,
1: yeah, if, if we can, I'd just like to give a quick analogy on the, uh, on the stock market, uh, because this is one of the common mistakes I see that, that people make. Um, you know, you know we, We've established, we, we have statistics, and if we look at the historical data, it's pretty clear that the best investments you could make um, is in the stock market. And that's of any asset class. And that's better than gold, than bonds, than real estate, than crypto. It, it really is the best. And we've known this like 50 years ago. And we have all of this data and all of these strategies that you can use to not lose money in the stock market. And yet, people keep making these mistakes time and again. And the biggest one that I see is because people don't have the patience. So let me give you a a Pokemon analogy, right? If I promised you that you can catch a Magikarp, and if you train it long enough, it's going to turn into a Gyarados. You're going to be like, oh yeah, that's amazing. Right, the problem is people are going to catch a Magikarp. They're going to hold on to it for like one or two days, maybe a month, and it doesn't turn into a Gyarados right away. And then they get really upset and they feel cheated. And then they abandon the the Magikarp and they never get the Gyarados. And the thing is that these things take time. There's ups and downs. Here, let me give you another example. Right, if you want a Butterfree. You don't really catch them in the wild. You need to get this really weak and small caterpillar level tree, right? And that's sort of a, a volatile journey because you start with caterpillar level tree. You can't really beat anything with it. It's a bit useless. So it just sits there in your team. Yeah. And so you evolve it and then it becomes a metapod, which is a cocoon, which is pretty cool, but it's very defensive. So you don't get to do much with it. So again, it's kind of useless. And it's kind of like when you invest in the stock market and the stock market goes down. You're like, well, this is kind of useless. I can't do anything with it. But if you wait long enough, it will turn into a Butterfree, which is a very, very strong Pokemon, right? Or at least for that part of the game. So when you invest in the stock market, you're going to have the same experience. You're going to get a Caterpie. It's going to be exactly what you caught. Then it's going to turn into a, a Metapod, which is pretty much useless. And you kind of have to wait and hope that eventually it turns into something better. But the important thing is that you must have the patience to see it through, and you can't just buy something, wait two months, and doesn't happen, and then abandon it. Right. And let me give you, let me close it off with one final statistics, which when I read it, it blew my mind. And actually, let let me let me quiz you on that first. Um, Uh So between 1926 to 1989, they've done um, studies and they've looked at the average performance of the stock market. And they wanted to see if you invested at any point in history, whether it's World War I, World War II, Cold War, Cuban Missile Crisis, whatever it is. What was your probability of making money in the stock market if you just bought at a random day and waited four years? What do you think?
0: Uh, hmm. Well, I mean, during the big ones, you know, like the wars and, and stuff, I'm assuming that it would be less likely, right? Because I think... So
1: can you give me a a number figure? Percentage of 0 to 100. Hmm. How likely is it that you would have made money?
0: Maybe 30%?
1: The number is 91%.
0: Holy... Even even guys...
1: Wow. It's at any point between 1926 and 1989, any four-year period, back tested across each four-year period, you had a ninety-one percent chance of making money. So whenever people ask me, should I invest in the stock market? Should I wait? I say, well, the statistics are clear. If you invest today, and over the next four years, you have a ninety-one percent probability of making money. And that's every month. So If you if you invest today, you have ninety one percent probability. If you invest next month, that money also has a ninety one percent probability. So if you keep doing that over the course of many many years, you keep accumulating these probabilities in your favor. Which means even if you get unlucky and you reach these tail end and you get this unlucky nine percent of people who lose money, the remaining of the time you're getting this ninety one percent returns.
0: Now those um, back in like. World War One, World War II, those war bonds, would those be considered, like, that, that that would essentially be the stock market, wouldn't it? It would be a form of stock? Uh,
1: so I think war bonds would be classified on the bonds, so that would be a sort of government debt, and that is something you should definitely uh, steer away from if okay. you're trying to make money. The reason oh. for that is if you look at history, it's actually quite striking because people say, oh, you know, you can make money if you just lend out money to the government and they'll pay you interest and say, well... Yes and no. Uh, Because if you look at history, most of the value of these bonds is inflated away. So if there's inflation at 10%, you've lost 10% of your money. So Mm. sure, you'll get back your money plus 5% interest. But because inflation is 10%, you've lost 5%. And this is what happens over long periods of time, that people keep getting keep losing money. And the second point to consider is that yes, okay, the government is paying you interest. But if you have the money to invest, chances are you're in one of these higher tax brackets, so you're also paying more taxes. And guess what, Do you know where the interest is coming from that you get on your bonds? It comes from the government, which comes from your taxes. Yeah. So you just, you just end up paying yourself. Right. So you're not getting ahead.
0: Oh, that's sneaky. Oh. On, on that note we uh we close out this podcast and you know there's uh there's some truth right there don't buy war bonds
1: <laughs> i or mean, any, any bonds or if, any you, want if, you, yeah, want if you want to make money if make
0: yeah money. i mean mm-hmm. i mean world war three might be around the corner don't don't say yes to uncle sam and his war bonds because you know you're basically paying yourself and yeah. you don't pay very well apparently <laughs> so with that being said thank you for another episode of pokemon cave Yes, it wasn't a typical episode like we normally would do, but it's kind of fun to get a secondary kind of perspective as to finances, but with a Pokemon twist. I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, Stay tuned for next week's episode uh, where we will discuss conspiracy theories, not once, but three times next week. Stay tuned for that because there's also an interesting little giveaway at the end of the week. And with that, I will see you next week. Take care, everyone.